I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower, a weekly podcast focusing on the music, the moments, and the movements that have shaped my worldview and left an indelible mark on me as an artist and activist. Correct with Maximum Firepower. You and me. This is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hey there, I am Tom Morello, and on this episode of Maximum Firepower, my good, beloved friend, Michael Moore. Let's talk for a second about the movie Sicko. Uh, it was a great honor of mine to contribute a, a song, Alone Without You, to the end of that movie. But, you know, Sicko was right after Fahrenheit 9-11 tackled the healthcare crisis, and the moment of the, of the movie, which is most sort of moving, is where you have these people who have helped, uh, right, first responders to 9/11 who have gotten sick and they, they've gotten sick in the aftermath, and they don't have healthcare and they're falling apart at the seams and they can't get better and they can't get healthcare in their own country. So you take them to like a U.S. military base to try to get them health. That military base is Guantanamo Bay, which is in Cuba. Right, right. Um, and and you you bring like a boat, you try to pull a boat up to Guantanamo Bay and they sort of flash the big guns at you that you're not going to be able to get help there. So you just kind of go around the bay to the corner where what happens? Well, the people I had with me in the boat were all first responders who were yeah. there in 9-11. So they are sick yeah. from all the illnesses that people who are working down there downtown on 9-11 and after the months after that. And we had to convince the Cubans to let us go into Guantanamo Bay because it's all mined. You know, the Americans have put mines in there. Maybe the Cubans have too. I don't know. But anyways, so they, I finally talked them into letting me do it, but they, but they had, I had to have a, a Cuban Navy guy guide our boat. So we didn't blow up. And so we got as close as we could and I did my bullhorn and I just, I'm asking for permission to come aboard. I've got Americans with me who can't get health care in the United States. Can we please just uh, get some of the free health care uh, that you have for the people that you've locked up there? So, yeah, just to be clear, there. this is this is the American prison. Yes. Gu Guantanamo Bay. So America has a base. The United States yes. has a base in Cuba. It's called Guantanamo Bay. It's where they put like the the terrorist suspects and whatnot. Now those terrorist suspects suspects. Yeah. Suspects receive free healthcare. From Absolutely. Our, from our tax dollars. So Correct. Mike is, so Mike is asking that these nine 11 first responders who are sick can get the same free healthcare as the terrorist suspects. And what was the answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I said, are you denying us the socialized medicine that you're giving uh, the so-called terrorists? And these are the people that tried to save lives downtown New York City, and they, and we we can't we're paying for this medicine. Why can't we get it? And of course, then and then I took them around Cuba to show how you know every neighborhood has a doctor's office. There's a doctor literally, practically it seemed in in the big cities on every block. They care a lot about healthcare in Cuba. They have for a long time. We still have this embargo against them, Tom. Um, they're still having a hard time getting medicine, getting food, getting fuel. And yet their own scientists have now come up with their fourth vaccine uh, for the coronavirus. And so they have had to do this all on their own. And um, they got a late start because they, they couldn't get the vaccine. So as of this weekend, they had about 40% of their country vaccinated. And they told me that by, by Christmas, uh, about 92% of the country will be yeah. vaccinated. 
And just to wrap up that story, the the American 9-11 first responders who could not receive health care in their own country because they didn't have health insurance or on Guantanamo Bay to get the free health care that the terrorists were receiving did receive free health care when they went to Cuba. Yes. And in fact, some of them had to stay there long after I I left because they had long term (laughs) problems and the Cuban doctors took care of them free of charge until they were you know well enough to come back home yeah, to yeah, the united yeah, states yeah. this is still a problem the the fact that we don't have free universal health care in this country when most industrialized most western democracies certainly have have this we don't and uh you know the fight continues yeah so so mike and i have a lot of stories but i think it's now time for some of our greatest hits uh i uh <laughs> um being a fan of michael moore movies and a fan of michael moore's television programs all the members of Rage Against the Machine were, and we asked him to direct a video for a song called Sleep Now in the Fire. Uh, and I couldn't wait to meet Michael Moore, who I was a big fan of, but I also could not wait to ask him one very specific question, given all the stuff that you've heard that he's been up to in these films and in his young life and whatnot. It was So Mike walks into the trailer. I'm like, Mike, so nice to meet you. How many times have you been arrested? And he told me, none. He had never none. Been Zero. Zero. And I joke, I jokingly said, well, you've never worked with Rage Against the Machine before. So we were filming Sleeping on the Fire on the uh, steps of the federal building. This is where George Washington received his oath of office. Uh, New York City. Yeah. New York City. It's Kitty Corner from the New York, New York Stock Exchange. And we had a permit to film on those federal steps. We did not have a permit to film on the city sidewalk. That factors in later. So Mike is a, is a director with a few words. And he just says, just go up there and play the song. But no matter what happens, don't stop playing. And he emphasizes no matter what happens. Now, some of you may not know that when bands are filming a video, they are not really playing the song. They're miming to playback. So there's a CD player over here, which is blaring it. And we're pretending to play Sleeping on the Fire. And it's going great. Some day traders are walking by. Mike had given one of them a sign that said Trump for President 2000, which is... Oddly. This was 1999, right? When we did yeah, this yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was oddly prescient and sort of Nostradamus-like, and we apologize for that. But anyway, that was uh, that. that's in the video. And so then we do a few takes up there, and then Mike says, now we're going to yeah. go down to the unpermitted city sidewalk to continue filming. So we go down there, we're playing Sleep Now on the Fire banner, or we're miming to Sleep Now on the Fire banner, and a New York City police officer comes up to, sergeant comes up to me and says, you got to get back on the steps. You don't have a permit for here. And then I remember what Mike said earlier. And he said, he said very clearly, no matter what happens, don't stop playing. And this clearly falls under the category of something happening. So I don't stop playing. And the cops get me. He's like, get back up on the steps. You guys need to get back up on the steps right now. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever had run-ins with the law, but there's a thing I call the cop vein. There's a vein in the neck of police officers, which begins to pulse and throb when shit's about to go down. And his vein was, was, was engorged. And he says, get the fuck back up on the steps right now, right the fuck now. And I keep playing because Mike said to keep playing and he's our, he's our director. And the cop is so angry. He reaches down and he unplugs my guitar and the music doesn't stop playing. It's still coming out of the amps. Yeah. Still, still coming out of the speakers. Still coming out of the yeah. VA system. The, yeah, the VA system. Yeah. He's not really playing. And the look on his face is one of religious horror. He cannot believe that that's happening. So he unplugs Tim's bass. He takes the drumsticks. He removes the microphone. And some, like, he can't, like, he, the, there's no 
mathematical grid in his mind that can make sense of what's happening, that somehow this coven of warlocks has descended on Wall Street to continue to rock, sleeping on the fire. So he's so frustrated and so angry, he does the only thing that he can possibly think to do, and that is arrest Michael Moore. Yeah, like that's going to help. <laughs> So he puts him in handcuffs and they're yes. dra- dragging Mike away. The PA is still blaring. <clears throat> We're now standing there without instruments. And Mike offers his second directorial edict of the uh, afternoon, which is take the New York Stock Exchange. So we're like, you know, in for a penny and for a pound. And we all like make our way to the New York Stock Exchange as Mike is taken off in irons. This is not part of the video treatment. No one knows this is going to happen. The cameraman doesn't know this is going to happen. So I go through the doors of the stock exchange and there's this guy, like security guard in a frumpy jacket. I'm like, hi, I'm here to take the New York Stock Exchange. Is that a left or a right? And he hits the red panic button and the riot police come and the iron riot doors come down and they expel us from the building and we're like scrambling under these riot doors and it's a huge scrum all of this is in the video and for the first time i believe in the new york stock exchange's 150 year history capitalism ground to a halt on a tuesday afternoon thanks to michael moore and rage against the machine yes the the stock he had to close the stock you know the stock exchange closes at around fourth 30, 4 o'clock, 4 30. Yeah. This is this is one or two in the afternoon. Yes. <laughs> and uh and it just they had to close it down because rage had entered the building. Yes. And they I and I heard about this later too. I because I had to I had to find out the whole story of the day. They didn't know <laughs> says the, the security guy, yeah, we didn't know if we'd gotten all the rage out of the building yet. <laughs> we couldn't open it back up because one of the ragers but you guys all got out we you all and 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 that metal door was like you know i don't know how you did it but you guys are fast and you're fit and you know timmy uh he, he rides in thousand mile races uh, yes, he anyway, does. so he does. He does. um but i'm still in handcuffs inside the federal building that's right where, where they've taken me and i'm thinking oh man uh it's one place you don't want to be locked up overnight is in new york city in what they call the tombs. I said to the, uh, fortunately I had that permit with me and we did have a permit to be on the steps of the federal building. And I showed it to the head cop. I said, here, I have, look at this. Who's it signed by the federal officer here uh, with the national park service actually, cause it's a, it's, it's run Washington's inauguration place. So, but the cop, the New York city cop saying, no, but he was on the sidewalk. And the guy looks at him like, are you really serious? So they, they were on the steps and then they stepped down onto the sidewalk. And then that's when you guys like, yeah, because there's no permit for the, so there's to be two. And the, the, the federal guy wasn't having any of it. He said, take the, <laughs> take him out of the handcuffs. And I got out of the cuffs. He said, you know, leave. Yeah. Don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> so we did, but you guys, I had to find you guys. Cause man, everything was, no one, yeah, no, the, the whole video, we had to finish the video on a soundstage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause man. the second part of it was uh, we had a, a, who wants to be a millionaire type game show yeah. where uh, we were, you know, making our various points, you know, Tom, that was so much fun though. And it's again, one of those things I'll never forget, but that song, I hope I'm sure you guys know, this is one of your great songs to be a part of that. And then when we finally, when we finished it, it was all, all there. It was just, um, well, it got nominated for yes. the MTV, uh, the video music, uh, <laughs> the music video awards where it was soundly trounced by Limp Biscuits break stuff. 
And then Timmy climbed the scaffolding, which Mike blames himself for. for it was my fault. It was I didn't tell him to do it, no, but when you, he you, when you, he wouldn't listen to you guys, and then he said, I'm going to do what Mike says. Mike, what should I do? And I'm like, I'm not in the band. And so you, what, what did I say to him? You, you told him, follow your heart. Follow your heart. <laughs> This is a union town, a union town, all down the line. I'm Tom Morello, and this is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. My guest today is Oscar-winning documentarian Michael Moore. Cut to another New York experience almost 20 years later. Was yeah. you, did, you did a show on Broadway, and in your show, you would have every night, you'd have a guest that you would somehow integrate into the show and i happily did it slash got roped into it was very happy to do it but it's like a dance routine and stuff i'm like mike am i really dancing on broadway right now yes <laughs> if you're on broadway tom you have to dance <laughs> you've got to play by the rules here yes my musical theater career from how to succeed in business without really trying and annie annie get your gun or whatever well it came full circle it came full circle that night i appreciate it but then later that night we renamed yes. but t- tell that story because we renamed one of the yes uh, it was uh, uh what West, uh, was it 44th? It's 46th, uh, where the Belasco Theater was. We had some of those New York City, those green, you know, the street signs where it says Broadway, Amsterdam, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a couple of them made, and we decided to rename the street Resistance Row. And I asked you if you would help me put these <laughs> up. And we had a, a ladder that really wasn't tall enough. But no. you, again, <laughs> I don't know why Rage never put out a, a workout video. <laughs> you went shimmied up this pole yeah. with the sign and yeah. did the strap around. <laughs> and all of a sudden the theater, the street is named this. The police are watching this now. They're not doing anything to us this time, yeah. but we're actually renaming a city street. Yeah. Tom, that stayed up on that pole for months. That's Nobody awesome. took it down. That's, I got it up pretty high. You got it up high enough where you would actually need to bring a ladder into Times Square. (laughs) Who's going to bring a ladder into Times Square? Nobody. Tom Morello climbing this pole. And, and of course, I'm just standing down there waving. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Good job. Good job, Tom. (laughs) And uh, that one man show on Broadway, I had such a blast doing it, though. It was so great. And we, I got to tell a lot of stories. I got to, uh, we had a game show in the middle of it. Uh, called uh, Stump the Yank, Stump the American. And I would ask every night, I knew there would always be Canadians in the audience. Yeah, I would ask, one. Yeah. yes, I'd say, okay, right now I need the smartest American in the audience, preferably Ivy League yeah. and preferably uh, straight A's. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of your hand did not go up, by the way, you know, <laughs> I, I knew humble that. as you are. Well, I knew that I was going to have to dance later. I didn't want to be. That's true. So we yeah, you know, it was going to humiliated by a Canadian and then dance later on the same. But day. I got somebody from Yale with a 4.0. And then I said, OK, now any Canadians in here? You know, there's like uh, half a dozen, dozen Canadians. I need the dumbest Canadian in here. <laughs> uh, I need somebody who got a C average or a D average when you're in high school. And, you know. Some of the Weisenheimers would every night would raise their hand, like, you know, but then I ha- I'd ask them a couple of questions. And I'd know if they were truly a dumb Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So I got my dumbest Canadian up there. <laughs> and then I said, we're going to play a stump the stump the yank. And I'm going to ask each of you the same exact questions about each of your countries. And of course, ask a Canadian who the you know vice president is of this country. They know that. Yeah. Ask the who the secretary of defense is. They know everything about us. Yeah. Ask the American. I mean, I would ask the simplest things. What's the capital of Canada? Yeah. You know, do you know who the prime minister is right now? Right. And my whole three months on Broadway, 
Only twice did the Americans win. The Americans were always usually from an Ivy League school. Yeah. And then I would make the American have to sing the Canadian national anthem <laughs> to the Canadians in the in the audience. And but I, I gave them a break. They didn't have to sing it in French, just English. Oh, so, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, you know. Um, I recently uh, put out a cover of ACDC's Highway to Hell with Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder off of my upcoming record, The Atlas. I've heard it. It's great. And But you have an ACDC story. Tell me that yes. very quickly as we head Yes. Uh, DJ uh, from Flint, his name is Peter C. Cavanaugh, back in the day. He was the first to play the Who in, in the United States. And he became aware of ACDC when they were just known in Australia. He convinced them to come to Flint. And this was their very first American concert at the Capitol Theater in downtown Flint, Michigan. And they said, well, is there somebody we can help or we like to do with benefits? They said, he said, well, yes, there's this guy here. He's just started his, uh, uh, this newspaper called the Flint Voice. We can make this a benefit for them. And so this big benefit for my newspaper headlined by ACDC in their first American concert. It was, it was uh, wow, it was an incredible night. That's crazy. So you you introduced ACDC to North America. You know, I hadn't looked at it that way. But yes, Tom, <laughs> you are correct, sir. That is a framing. That's a that's a potential yes. framing of what. No, you no, I had not looked at it. Yes, but uh, you know, to me, I just thought, wow, this music is great. But why is that guy in in schoolboy shorts? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But uh, I greatly enjoyed sharing the stage with you on the Slacker Rebellion tour, which is sort of in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. Fahrenheit 9-11 and we traveled all over the country and sort of riling the slackers to to act to political yes. action um also you know you had man your Fahrenheit 9-11 soundtrack and on the sicko sound, so it's it's been such an honor sort of being artistically engaged with you through the years for our listeners what in, in 2021 what can people do to the world is going to hell in a handbasket as my grandfather used to say someone who's listening right now yes give them any practical tangible michael moore advice to stir shit up or change the world and make it a more humane and decent place go well first of all everybody listening to this you are not alone first of all N- number two there are more of us those of us who believe the way the world should be than there are on the other side. So we are not outnumbered. We are smart and we are active. And especially the younger generation, just look at in the last few years from the women's march on the day after Trump was inaugurated uh, to the March for Our Lives from the Parkland High School students from Florida, uh, over a million in the streets in, in D.C., to the whole Black Lives Matter after George Floyd's murder, everything that young people and people of color have pushed forward has really started to make a shift in this country in a way that maybe I thought that it would never happen. But, but you see, I forget that the majority of this country, the majority and the majority of voters are either women, people of color, or under the age of 35 or a combination of the three. That's the majority of America right now. The census poll, the census that came out this year, for the first time since our first census in 1790, for the first time in all these hundreds of years, there's a drop in the number of white people versus people of, of color. And, you know, for me, I think this can only be a good thing because this country needs to be run, first of all, needs to not be an apartheid state. We have gender apartheid. We have racial apartheid. Uh, we have economic apartheid. Uh, in other words, the majority is not getting to have the say. The minority, rich, white, older, 
are still running the show. That's got to stop. So I encourage everybody who's listening to get involved in whatever way you deem proper and necessary for yourself. It may be just voting, but I will tell you, and Tom will tell you, that is not enough. Our two main political parties will let you down over and over and over again. You've got to do more than that. You've got to be active. You've got to organize. You know what you could do? What I tell you, whatever street, let's say you, you live on Maple Street. Why don't you just appoint yourself today after this podcast? You are now, you're the block captain, political block captain of Maple Street. And you're going to organize Maple Street. Whenever anything needs organizing, the cops shoot somebody in the back, the climate catastrophe, whatever it is, you're going to deliver for Maple Street. You're going to organize people who live there. You're going to show up with them. They're, they're going to start at City Hall. They're going to start. Oh, Jesus Christ. Maple Street. They're out there. They're out there right now. They're, where are they at? They're outside City Hall. Maybe that the Maple Street. Yes, the Maple Street people. Holy shit. You know, that's what they need to be afraid of us. And they need to know that they're going to be out of work because we're going to throw them out. And my friends, you can do this. No one's doing it. Trust me right now. Nobody on Maple Street is organizing anything. You can be the organizer. Just do it. You just have to get up and do it and not be afraid and have some faith that the majority of the people you share this country with are good people. They, they do believe climate change catastrophe is real. They do, they do, they do believe that that $7 and 25 cents an hour is not a livable wage that we should be paid a lot more than that. You would down the whole list of things, what Texas is doing to women, all that stuff needs to be fought and you have to become a fighter and you can do this in many ways. Um, and you should not be afraid. I'm there with you. Tom is there with you. We'll do everything we can do, but you have, we all have to join in and do this together. And, and also, by the way, you could always call these bastards down on Capitol Hill. They actually publish their phone number and a human being answers the phone. So if you want to call and, and make your feelings known to your senator, your member of Congress, 202-224-3121. All right. 202-224-3121. Call them up and say, what the hell makes you think you have any say in what a woman decides to do with her body? I'm voting you out. If you don't get real, <laughs> hang up. There's a person that'll be there. I mean, be nice to the person. They're just answering the phone. If you don't know who your member of Congress is, just give them your zip code. They operate it when, you, when she picks up or he picks up. You know, if, if you don't know your senator, just say your state. You've got two of them. This is easy to do. Democracy is easy. It's not as hard as we've been told. Uh, and we may, we're made to think, oh, I can't do this. I can't fight City Hall. What, what am I going to get if I rock the boat? Just trouble. No, no. What you're going to get is what women got 100 years ago. They got the vote. What you're going to get is what Mal Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and others did to change this society. We're not there yet. We're not where we should be. But that's why we have to pick up the we have to pick up the mantle here. We have to we have to all get involved and be active uh, citizens. If you're and if you're a fan of Tom's or mine or Rage, you've got to have been thinking about this stuff. So get active, and remember, you are the majority, and it's the minority of the wealthy and the Caucasian that's been running the show for far too long. That has to stop. Thank you, General Moore. 
It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you and, uh, and lots of love, Michael. It's great seeing you a couple of times in this, uh, via zoom in this last week. And, no, yeah, it's been great Tom. Yeah. 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 And, and I, thank hope you. See, I hope to see you in person and, um, thank you everybody for listening. Mike. Yes. And be sure everybody, be sure the album, uh, uh Atlas, uh, Atlas underground fire. fire. Yeah. yeah. This album is a work of genius. It's, it's all over the map as life is as as our society is as it should be tom i was so blown away and, and loved this album and i hope everybody gets a chance to listen to it thanks so much mike and i, I know you got to go but i re- really appreciate you and lots of love and i'll hopefully i'll see you soon everybody out there until next time take it easy but take it let foes of justice tremble this has been tom morello's maximum firepower Hear this episode again or listen to past shows right now on the SiriusXM app. Search Maximum Firepower.